Hello and welcome in to another episode of March to the Pod presented by Eternal Roofing. Today we're taking a look at the Cats 2024 football schedule. What do we see from that and is it actually one that's going to be beneficial to Sam Houston? The Cats sit atop the Conference USA standings ahead of their longest remaining road trip of the regular season. So we're going to look at the men's basketball, see what they've got going, and then we're previewing softball Spring sports are right around the corner, but not spring yet. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. It's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU, also one word. You find him on Twitter and Instagram. He's also the chief of operating officer of the cat fund and proud bearcat alum ben sorrels uh ben i i noticed today there was a school here where i live in wichita falls that needed some that needs some roof repair and uh you know i wish they would have uh listened to the podcast or contacted me i could have set them up with a pretty good company yeah, and that is Eternal Roofing, who does use those certainty shingles. And yeah, if you get your roof done by them, it's going to be good to go for a long time. Unlike that uh, that school up there in good old Wichita Falls. Yeah, I know. Like, what kind of warranty are they really giving you? Well, I can tell <laughs> you that at Eternal Roofing, you're not only going to get the best warranties, you're going to get the best prices as well. They're going to give you free detailed roof inspections. And what you get is going to be high quality with no pressure, and the workmanship is fantastic. Like Ben said, they ha- they use only the best stuff. Give them a call in the Hill Country across the state of Texas. You can call any of these two numbers here, beginning with the Hill Country office, area code 830-251-5673, the Montgomery office, area code 936-215-8539, and always stop by, give Eternal Roofing TX.com a view on the internet and while you're there send taylor an email and you can do that directly taylor t-a-y-l-o-r at eternal roofing tx.com ben it is uh it it seems like football just ended yesterday and i know we have this uh, super bowl coming and so i I don't know how much we want to we want to get into that but uh more important is the 2024 football schedule for the Cats is released, man. I want to hear your initial kind of overall thoughts on the schedule. Yeah, there's there's a couple things that, that stick out to me. First is I think this is a much more favorable schedule than what you had in year one in Conference USA. I think it starts with just kind of who your opponents are for home and away. You get kind of the the blue bloods of the league and the guys that were really good last year at home this year. So you get Liberty at home, you get Western Kentucky at home, you get New Mexico State at home. So I think that's a really big plus for this year. I think another thing is you essentially almost have two bye weeks. Um, You've got one going into Western Kentucky. That's a 13-day break. And then you've got one coming out of Louisiana Tech going to Kennesaw. That's a 17-18 day break. Um, So you've got two bye weeks in there almost. And um you kind of avoid the travel nightmare that Sam Houston got roped into last year. Uh, short week going from Virginia to New Mexico. Don't really have any of that. So I think it's a much more favorable schedule just kind of looking at it here um, at a glance. 
I agree. And and I will say this for the Conference USA office. They had more time to get this one ready. And, and I'm glad to see it looks like, at least from Sam Houston's point of view, um, that they did a really good job of minimizing those really short weeks with big travel. But like you said, man, Sam Houston plays at home a lot and kind of reminds me of a schedule of a team that finished near the bottom of the conference, which is kind of what, what the Cats are uh, right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, going into next year, I mean, obviously based on this last year's results, they, I don't know, I think we were tied for second to last, something like that. I think you won a tiebreaker. So, yeah, maybe giving a little bit of a boost to one of the teams that finished towards the bottom of last year's schedule. Yeah, they finished tied with UTEP uh, and LaTeX. So however that three-way tie would have worked out. But that doesn't matter. Now, what we want to do is look into just overall thoughts. And and it's interesting to do this right now. And actually, Ben, we're probably going to do this two or three more times uh, throughout the offseason. Because as the offseason goes and as we get signing day next week and then we get spring practice you have another portal in there before fall practice begins so we're going to revisit kind of our thoughts on the opposition multiple times here during the offseason starting with an away trip and one thing i do want to say about this schedule a lot of games at houston right whether you're home which they have six home games They have two more that are in Houston. That is big time, especially for a budget. You know, I mean, from a budgetary standpoint, that really helps. And right now, the Cats are in a position where they need to maximize every dollar they can to get the most bang for their buck. Right, yeah. It's a schedule that really only features, I mean, there's more road games than this, but four true road games. You have UCF. Florida, Kennesaw, and Jacksonville State. Those are really your only four travel games. You get Texas State um, at a neutral site at, at, at NRG, and then you get Rice in Houston, which, I mean, it's a it's a road game, but it's an hour away. So, yeah, it's definitely a much more favorable schedule, especially last year when you went to New Mexico State, you went to BYU, you went to Liberty. Um, there were a bunch of other, especially there at the beginning of the year, it was a pretty tough travel, so um yeah much better from a travel perspective and a budget perspective so that's a good point you bring up it it is and then also you know it's chances for the people in houston to see the cats and to show out and show up and support the sam houston these are your opportunities starts week one at rice let me tell you something if the rice owls fans outnumber the cats fans you are doing a lot of things wrong at sam yostin yeah. it really is because <laughs> they don't i mean not that we bring a lot but they don't really bring any usually. no i mean it's what a fifty thousand ish fifty sixty thousand seat stadium that they i don't know put five to ten in maybe it you, looks like most games you know that hosted the super bowl I know. Was it Super Bowl eight, seven? I know the Vikings played. It was one of those, right? Like that. It was a premier stadium back then, and now it's like an afterthought in downtown Houston. But when, honestly, when I go by it, it's really it's still a nice, nice place. It's kind of a shame that they don't have a crowd, but they honestly they need a smaller place. I don't think Rice needs a place that holds going to hold fifty, sixty thousand people. Yeah, and it's it's like the uh, the trend in college basketball with all these new arenas popping up. I mean, Baylor and Texas, for example, going from arenas with I don't know twelve to thirteen thousand down to seven eight thousand. I mean, it's almost good to downsize sometimes. 
It is. It's working for them. So Rice, overall, uh, we don't know what they have at quarterback. They don't know what they have at quarterback right now. They were a decent team last year, but it's going to be very interesting, and we're really unsure what kind of Rice team you're going to have right now. Yeah, and I mean, it's a much different start to the season than what you had last year. I mean, starting on the road at BYU this year, you get to go start um, in the city of Houston. It's a road game, but against a Rice team that is not BYU. Um, So it's a much favorable start, much more favorable start um, for the Cats this year, which I think will be big because last season with BYU Air Force in Houston to start the year, it was hard to get things going. So, um, yeah, hopefully starting with Rice can get things firing a little bit earlier than they were this last season oh this the schedule is definitely set up for more success week two they head to orlando to face ucf big 12 look that's not a game that i and i think any of us would say right now is winnable uh one other thing i want to note about that though man september 7th in orlando it, it's it, you talk about hot and humid i know they're being in the Houston area, you got to be used to it, but it's not going to be any better when you get in Orlando. No, but thankfully you're prepared for it. I mean, I'd rather be where we are going out there and being prepared for it than some of these other schools. Like if you were a, I don't know, like a UMass kind of thing, you would not be ready for for September in Orlando, Florida. In state at Central Florida, right? Like in September. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a very stark contrast to what's out there in Orlando. It is. And then Hawaii. I, uh, did they go back to Rainbow Warriors? War? I know they're still Warriors. Sometimes they go Rainbow Warriors. Sometimes they don't. Not sure how they were. But Hawaii comes to visit uh, before they get a return trip next year from the Cats. And, you know, I think on the outside looking in, Ben, that's kind of a toss-up game right now. Yeah, I think I would lean Sam Houston just because that is a difficult travel for Hawaii I mean most of the time when they travel it's to the west coast or maybe kind of mountain time zone add another two hours to their flight um, which throws things off even more I mean that is a tough travel for Hawaii I know they're used to tough travel but coming out even farther east makes it a little more difficult and um, first home game of the year so it should be a good crowd for St. Houston I know this last year the first home game was the highest attended at Bowers so Hopefully a good crowd, and uh, yeah, people might want to see Hawaii. I mean, it's kind of a fun team to watch. You never know when you'll see Hawaii again. Oh yeah, no, I, I would if I was in the area, I I would definitely be there. Uh, but almost in a way that kind of feels like it could be a, a must win. We'll see how how it is when we get there. But it, you know, you're on two road games. You're supposed to lose those. Why is why is this game going to be so important? Because next week you're hosting New Mexico State. You begin conference play, and it's a New Mexico State team. Well, I mean, there's a lot, lot of storylines now. I mean, they don't have Jerry Kill anymore, and now they have Sam Houston's defensive coordinator <laughs> leading their defense. Um, really unsure what to think about that matchup at this moment. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those teams where we have no idea what they're going to look like, and maybe we'll have a better idea after spring and going into training camp. And like you said, there's some uh, crossover between the teams with Joe Morris and now Jared Hensley going as well, being their linebacker coach. So um, don't know if there's any bad blood there, but could be somewhat of a rivalry. And it was a game last year was really the only conference game where you weren't that competitive. So um, should be a much better showing this year. And who knows what we'll see from New Mexico State. 
Glad to get the Aggies in there. And, you know, that is a return trip. If if every other year you have to go to New Mexico State and Liberty, that's going to be rough. It, oh, just, it just is. You, you would like only one of those on the road at a time in a season. This time you get them both at home. They've got to take advantage of that there. That's, that's the fourth week. Then they go play Texas State. This is the NRG game. Uh, the Bobcats fans will will – bring it i hope sam houston fans bring it as well on the field i think right now this one's got to favor texas state just because we've you have to give gj kinney the credit for what he's done so far yeah i mean i think everywhere else but quarterback you probably give it to texas state but if texas state doesn't figure it out at quarterback i think things might suddenly shift to sam houston and it's a I mean, they haven't played in a decade, but it's still a rivalry game, and you never know what's going to happen in a rivalry game. Even that Sam Houston team that was coming off the national title played a SFA team that I think went eight and four, and it came down to the final play. So, um, no matter what it the two teams look like, it's a rivalry game. It's probably going to be close, and whoever wins, I think it's probably going to be by a field goal, probably. It'd be awesome to see forty five, fifty thousand people inside NRG for that game, and then the Cats return home on a Thursday night. Now, all the first five games are Saturdays. Now we get into that Conference USA. We're filling ESPN's TV slots, um, and honestly, I think this time, Ben, we were talking before we came on here, started recording uh, that. The Cats, well, the conference, will say, did this a lot easier, a lot better. Uh, It starts with a Thursday. You go from a Saturday to a Thursday, and that's a conference game. But you're hosting at home UTEP. Still a game the Cats should win. Yeah, I think it actually might be on the road now that I'm looking at it again. Um, That UTEP game, going from Texas State to UTEP. Let me look at the schedule again and see here. UTEP, El Paso. Yeah, so it does look like that's a road game. So, yeah, you've got a short week, and then you travel to UTEP. Uh, Now, that makes that game a little more difficult, and with that travel added in, um, and a new coach, right? Scotty Walden's there. We don't know what we're going to see from the Miners right now. Right, and it's a game last year that was extremely competitive. I expect it to be extremely competitive again this year. Short turnaround, um, pretty difficult travel going out to UTEP. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see what UTEP looks like in year one. They return home and they get a bye week before they play Western Kentucky on a Wednesday. So that is huge. That that's a really good break, Hetty, especially considering you have Western Kentucky coming in on a Wednesday. Uh, to Sam Houston, and and you're going to need that time to prepare. You're going to need that time to heal up, and it's kind of right in the middle of the season. It it seems like at this point everything points towards that should be a really good game for Sam Houston. It should be, yeah, peaking at the right time. Hopefully it's a Western Kentucky team that, despite losing a lot from this last year's squad, uh, mainly the best players in Malachi Corley and Austin Reed should return a lot of talent. They got TJ Finley in the portal who's super talented. So it's going to be a good Western Kentucky team and it should be a fun game. And then six days later on a Tuesday, they travel to Florida international, a team that we thought they should beat last year. And we saw how that turned out. Uh, it, it won't be any easier to go on the road and beat FIU. No, and that's probably your hardest travel turnaround of the year. It's a short week, and you got to go on the road. Uh, maybe the UTEP game, but um, 
yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what it looks like at FIU again. You should have won last year. That was one of the many heartbreakers. So hopefully you can kind of avenge that and go have a good time in Miami and pick up a win. <laughs> Sam Houston returns home. Law Tech, the rivalry that no one's talking about, also on a Tuesday. So they get a full week between FIU and uh, the the Lady Texters coming in uh, to Huntsville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ben's laugh just threw me off. I was like, yeah, he heard what I did there. Yeah. Yeah. Louisiana Tech. Uh, what was the tweet from Cat Fans and you that we're their dad now because we beat them in basketball and beat them in football? I mean, that's kind of what it's looking like. Hopefully it translates into next season as well. Let's hope it goes to baseball and softball too, right? Like, got to keep I, it going. In the second round of men's basketball too, because it looks like they're on a collision course there at the top of the standings, but we'll get into that later. They are. That is coming up here in a little bit in the show. But before we get there, let's finish out this schedule. The last three games in this, they Tuesday, October 29th, they don't play again until Saturday, November 16th. That's a whole nother buy in there, uh, buy plus in a lot of ways. That's a really good uh, schedule to get ready for that final stretch at Kennesaw State, at Jacksonville State. Neither of those games are going to be very easy on the road, especially Jacksonville State. I think Kennesaw State should be a win. Jacksonville State's going to be tough. That, that's how I look at those two right now. Very tough. Yeah, Kennesaw definitely a winnable game, um, a game you should win. But then back-to-back road games going to Jacksonville State with the being the second of those two road games. And Jacksonville State team that looks to be pretty good again this next year. So that's one of your tougher games on the road. and probably one of your tougher games just in general this season. You better have six wins and be bowl eligible before your last two weeks of the season because you travel to Jacksonville State and then you end the season at home against Liberty. And this is one of those, Ben, I've got to, I got to give an edge to Liberty because they've had that depth for longer than Sam Houston. This point of the season, it really starts to show. <laughs> I think if they played day one or if they played – final day of the season I think you got to give an edge to Liberty just because of what they did this last year and um, Caden Salter entered the portal but then came back so he's a really big piece um, that makes them really good so I expect them to be really good again this year and yeah it's definitely going to be a really really tough game there to finish the season and you better be six and four going into those final two because I think if you could even get one of them that'd be a big win Definitely would be. You want to go in there that you're going to need it before you get to those uh, final two, uh, no doubt right there. Okay, Ben, everyone we're looking at here, we've got, we got all those games. Do you see a route to six wins this year? I do. I, I think it's a much more favorable schedule. I think you're kind of used to life in, um, Conference USA, much more favorable out-of-conference schedule. So I think six wins is probably where I have us right now. Um, I don't – I wouldn't predict anything over that, but I think six wins is very attainable because if you look at it last year, I mean, you won three and you could have won seven or eight, and I think this team is a lot better and has a lot more depth going into the season. So I think six is where we should be, and, um, yeah, hopefully we get there before those last two weeks, though, because those two games are going to be tough. Well, I would like to point out the one person on this podcast that said three wins last year. That was Corey. I had us at I had us at five and seven. You had us at three and nine. So 
Only because I couldn't put it at four because that was the over-under number and I wasn't allowing a push. Yeah, it floated back and forth between three and a half and four. I think when we did it, it was at four. But I take all little victories I can get. I'm sure you made a lot of money betting it, right? You put all of your Oh, I was supposed to put money on that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. If we're going to brag about it, you got to at least have put some money to it. (laughs) You think I put money? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have enough to lose that kind of cash, man. I, I I can sit here and tell you and things will happen. And I'm like, yeah, but if I put money on that, none of that will happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly. even do it. See, I put money in the hats. That's what I in this one. If uh, if you're on the YouTube watching us today, you'll see I've got a flying squirrel head. It's very angry uh, on the hat today. It's a flying squirrels, which is a uh, a... 12 11 12 13 year old baseball team uh that i am an assistant coach for because god knows you do not want to let me be in charge of anything like this podcast right (laughs) (laughs) look at what happened to it right (laughs) (laughs) this podcast had so many opportunities and now we're talking about flying squirrels and all that good stuff I know. And the last thing on the schedule I have is, you know, the one team that we do not play in Conference USA, Corey? Oh, yeah. Middle Tennessee. <laughs> I, I imagine that that uh, is a little by design after last year. Yeah, I don't know if it's completely by design or if it's just by chance, but I think it's rather interesting that the benches clearing brawl is not going to be uh, recreated this year conference will not allow that you have to let it die down I, i'm okay with that no i am too i i i would rather play them than i would much rather play them and maybe we could drop liberty off the schedule but i get why it was done oh of course i, I would like for that as well but at the same time listen if sam houston's gonna make espn let's do it by pulling off a big win somewhere and not because we're getting in a fight with middle tennessee <laughs> hey at least we won <laughs> At least we won it. Won the game and the fight, or oh, I mean, that... we didn't really get to see the fight. So uh, <laughs> at least won quick. the game. <laughs> yeah, we won the game. <laughs> well, if you have complaints, please file them with the Republic of Football Network because that's the network we are a podcast on, and we are a proud member of the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the various social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads at March to the pod. It's all one word, which is a theme for this show. March, the number two, the pod. And for those who are watching on the YouTube page and got to see, get to see that flying squirrels head that uh, he doesn't look happy. But anyway, I still like the flying squirrels. Uh, We want to give a special shout-out to you on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. We also want to, before we head into talking about the men's basketball team at Sam Houston, we want to go ahead and give another shout-out to our friends over at Eternal Roofing. And they don't just do roofs. This is where we're going to tell you about everything they're able to do. They are a roof repair and general contracting. They can paint the interior or exterior of your home or business, install your gutters, garage doors, floors, woodworking, sheetrock. They can do all of that. And uh, we have now turned the calendar into February, Ben. 
That means it is time to plan. You only have 11 months uh, for Christmas, Ben. Only 11 months. Only. Yeah, I'm counting down the days. But yeah, if you need Christmas lights and you want to plan ahead, 11 months ahead like Corey is, uh, yeah, Eternal Roofing is the place to go. General contracting, roofing, everything in between, and also Christmas lights 11 months ahead. I feel like I, feel like I need to correct you there. Like Corey should plan should. ahead. I'm right. not going to. I'm going to procrastinate as long as humanly possible with everything. Yeah. I mean, it's the only, only way, way to go, it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the path to success is paved by I'll do it tomorrow. You, for some people, <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked for me so far. Anyway, back to our friends at Eternal Roofing. Give them a call. They don't procrastinate. They're going to get the work done, and they're going to get it done right and fast. In the Hill Country, call them at area code 830-251-5673. The Montgomery office, area code 936-215-8539. And you can always email Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. And don't forget to visit eternalroofingtx.com and get a look at all the wonderful work that they do. Ben, the cats are on a roll. But I'm a little bit concerned right now, right? Uh, let's let's start with the good before we go to the concern. The good is New Mexico State came in and the Aggies left with a loss. UTEP came in and the Miners left with a loss. And what that does is keeps those cats on top of the Conference USA standings with two more wins that just continue to show the grit of this team uh, in the ability to execute late in the game. Right, yeah, two games that were within one possession at some point within the final five minutes. Uh, A lot of emotion with the New Mexico State game. State composed, I think, went on a 10-0 run there late to kind of pull away and win it. Uh, UTEP was a one-point game with a minute and a half left. Found a way to get stops and get buckets there at the end. So this team continues to find ways to uh, to grit out some wins. And man, I was courtside there for the UTEP game, and that might have been the most physical college basketball game I've ever seen. We uh, we had a UTEP player look like he might have broke his arm. We had Kean Scroggins take multiple just really hard falls. We had a play go into the stands, and a fan broke his leg. I mean, it was it was. It was physical, like uh, um, like anything I've really ever seen. And UTEP leads the country in turnovers forced, and they're going to press you 94 feet and be physical. And they definitely lived up to that. It was a really good game. But, yeah, continuing, continuing to find ways to win games. Well, Joel Golding is a, a coach that I would want to – I would coach like him. If I'm coaching a basketball team, we're pressing the entire length of the floor the entire game. We're going to be in your grill, and we're going to be talking about you and your grill. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to be in your grill, and we're going to be saying nice things as we steal the ball from you. That's what we would do if I was the basketball coach. That's why I like watching Golding's team play. They play with a certain toughness, but that toughness also took out a camera person. Yeah, and that, that's another thing, too. A UTEP player took out a cameraman. We had a fan get hurt. We had a UTEP player get hurt. We had multiple. I mean, he and Scroggins took some of the hardest falls I've ever seen. He took two of them that were just really hard. And, I mean, oh, it was Lord, man, it was man. like a football. And there were eight fouls called in the first half. <laughs> Total. <laughs> if I don't see bone, I ain't blowing a whistle. All right? that's it. No blood, no foul. 
it's no bone, no foul. That game went even further than that. You're telling me that a fan broke their leg from a play that went over into the stands. Yeah, so very front row, and there's usually kind of a, a gate-looking thing in front, but there's like a gap in between where each row is, and his leg was out kind of over because the bleachers kind of go down. Um, they're elevated, so they go down. He had his leg kind of hanging over. The play spilled over. And land, the two players landed right on his leg. He had to be wheelchaired out at halftime. There was an ambulance, and, yeah, it was crazy. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and the cameraman getting taken out there in the final minute. I mean, it had everything you could ask for. Wow. And wins. That's what's most important. And also, I want to stop right here, and I want to say, I want to give the Cats fans credit. You showed up last week against New Mexico State, and it was a pretty good crowd again that returned for the UTEP game. That energy has got to keep growing and building and bringing more people because that place, Johnson Coliseum, uh, in those last two games, from the TV perspective, was fun. I can only imagine it was even more fun when you were when you were there outside of, you know, the ambulances and stuff. Yeah, outside of that it was a lot of fun, but yeah, I think it was 2600 for New Mexico State and right at 2000 for UTEP and it was a really good crowd. I mean, crowd was into it. The students that were there did a really good job. I mean, they were very rowdy, um especially during the New Mexico State game to our former head coach. So, um I mean, but that's what a student section is supposed to do. So, uh, yeah, fans did their job, and hopefully it continues to grow. And um, if this team continues to win, I mean, they pick up a couple games on this road trip. It's a team that could still be at the top of the conference. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see this team down the stretch run. and should definitely come out. What a tough road trip this team is embarking on. They don't return home until February 15th now. In these next couple of weeks, they're headed – to Saturday, which is good. They get a break before they go play Florida International. They go to FIU on Saturday uh, in Miami at the Ocean Bank Convocation Center. It's a one o'clock start there. Uh, And then they head to, for the next Thursday, they go to Jacksonville State. That's going to be a big one. Six o'clock there on that Thursday night. Um, And before even all that, I forget. Hold on. I was, let me backtrack. They go FIU Saturday. They go WKU this Thursday. I missed over that when I was looking one ahead. WKU, then at FIU, then Jacksonville State. And uh, it's all those little Panther heads on the schedule that got me confused there together. Uh, Yeah. You want to know the truth. Yeah. Two out of three games there. I mean, you go FIU, Jack State, FIU. That's kind of an interesting three-game stretch. Yeah, that February 15th when they return home is FIU. So that that's going to be really difficult. This I don't want to I I don't know that we can overstate how crucial this three-game road trip is for their their chances to claim the regular season title uh in the conference. Yeah, I think if you want to win the conference title, you got to go 2 and 1 and Corey, there's been 27 Conference USA games played this year. What do you think the home the home team record is in those 27 games? I've been seeing people talk about this. Uh, 27 games. I think the home teams won what 25 of them so far. You're close. 23 and four, and Sam Houston has one of those four. So, um, yeah, if you could find a way to win two of these on the road, I mean, you're really setting yourself up for success. Eventually, that's going to have to break. Yeah, right? would, yeah, and I think part of it has been it's 
it's been a lot of the bad teams traveling to the good teams. It, I mean, Sam Houston has played four out of six at home. I think Louisiana Tech has played four out of six at home. Um, but, so those two have, have swayed things a lot. I think Middle Tennessee has played a lot on the road, and they haven't been very good. So I think and, that's part of it also. Yeah, and I think some of it too is that we're that was the first half of conference play, really, right? So now we're getting these return games popping up. Uh, and when you start getting these return games – whether the home team won the first time doesn't necessarily mean the home team's going to win the second time. Oh, yeah. And I think you could see a lot different games than you saw in the first round because you see teams put stuff on film. You see how they played you the first time and then how are you going to adjust to it? So it's going to be interesting to see. And I think it's going to be a big challenge for Coach Mudge. I think he's done a great job this year kind of adapting to his personnel, to the schedule. Um, but this is where you make your money, the back half of conference play, when teams really adjust to what you did in the first half. And, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting challenge. And this Thursday to Saturday turnaround, I mean, it's, I don't know, what, a 40-hour turnaround, and you play in Kentucky and Miami. Those aren't close. I mean – That travel are- is rough, yes, definitely. And they're both three and three. Right now you're you're hitting the road to face two teams, a Western Kentucky team uh, and an FIU team. Well, no, FIU is two and four. Sorry, Western Kentucky is three and three. FIU's two and four. And then when you play Jacksonville State, they're also three and three. But when you get to these teams that are three and three, two and four, you're getting teams that are starting to get desperate, uh, especially as we start getting closer to the end of the regular season. They know they need to get up higher to get ready for that conference tournament to have a chance at. You want some favorable matchups to start that conference tournament. And if they, I haven't looked at how CUSA is running their tournament, but if there's a buy available, you definitely want to be up there in that. And now is when that desperation kicks in. And when you're five and one and you're facing a team that's desperate, you cannot let off that gas on them at all. Yeah, not at all. And I mean, it's a Western Kentucky team that was riding an eight game win streak coming into the game with Sam Houston earlier in conference play. And I mean, they've had a really tough schedule. They've already done their kind of West coast road trip with UTEP and New Mexico state. So they've done that. That's probably the hardest road trip in the league. And um, I think there's, they've been in a lot of close games. I mean, they were right there with Sam Houston to the very end. And uh, the, I don't know if you saw, but they posted on their Western Kentucky did posted on their Twitter slash X account that the first 1000 concessions for college students are free tomorrow night. So, um, yeah, the first 1,000 students will be uh, hyped up on some concessions tomorrow night. So it's probably going to be a rowdy arena. Okay, so how much does it cost for one day at uh, Western Kentucky? For one day? For one day tuition. Oh. Go get some of those concessions, man, and then see the cats, right? I know. I love how they worded that. But, yeah, Steve Lutz, their head coach, put out a promo this morning that that the first thousand concessions are on him for tomorrow night's game. (laughs) Here we go, Ben. Here here we go. You you just did it now. You're going to get first thousand students at the game gets a free glass of water. (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly what he meant. And – Another thing on a more serious note about the road trip is uh, I'm hearing that Jaden Ray is not going to be available once again for these two games, which is going to be um, – you just won two games without him, but obviously he's a guy you really need um, going yeah. through a, a really tough personal situation 
should be back here soon, but yeah, away from the team for this next week. So yeah, thoughts are with him and they well, yeah, wish him all the best. We want to wish him all the best. And also uh, it, it is a very significant loss when you head on the road, Jaden Ray's your guy that does your point guard for you. He's the guy that handles your ball. He's going to facilitate your offense. You can get by without that at home when you've got the friendly environment. When you have a thousand kids that are angry because they got a quarter bag of popcorn uh, and, and, and got a free glass of water, right? It's not so easy. You need that that point guard right there. So, yes, we want we we wish Jaden Ray the, the absolute best, uh, and we hope that he is able to return at his time. In the meantime, though, this also shows something that I think uh, Ben will need to be touched on in the offseason by the staff, and you you need more than one point guard, and they're hard to find in college basketball. It is, yeah, and I think you have a good one in Marcus Boykin, who's a really good backup, but you really need three. And right now what you're having to do is play David Barnes 38 minutes a game at the point um, and have him and Marcus handle the ball. So really need a third primary ball handler because when Jaden Ray is out, all you really have is Barnes and Boykin in there to handle the ball. Um, And you could tell that UTEP game, I mean, they were exhausted two games in three days and two tough games, which is what it's going to be on the road. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they handle that. Now it's two games in three days with a flight from Bowling Green, Kentucky to Miami, Florida. Ah, plenty of rest time, right? Yeah, they're young, right? <laughs> yeah, that stuff is easy. Just go, just roll it out and go play 40 minutes, right? I mean, that's easy. Look, that's what we did back in the day. Isn't that what we claim? I mean... Back in your day, right, Corey? Whoa! <laughs> I had to throw another one. I know I did it last week. Whoa! Shots fired at the age again. Two weeks, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just had to keep the streak going. I, I'm over here saying they're going to offer them free glass of water and a quarter bag of popcorn, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh, goodness. I, I'm still on the, it's like they're going to break open a bag of Skittles and give one concession, one Skittle per person. Yeah, <laughs> one per person. <laughs> one Snickers peanut, it'll hold you over. <laughs> right. Those are the concessions I'm sure they're handing out. You know, I can see, I can see these hungry students going up there going, I'm here for my free concessions. And they're like, here, it's a peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, I mean, it's a really good marketing thing, though. And I love how every because t- it was Coach Lutz on the promo. Every time he said it, he said concessions, <laughs> and then in in the in the caption of the post, it has concessions in italics, and so they're obviously alluding to a, a Snickers peanut, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. In reality, it would be cool. You have somebody there that. You know, you could find a sponsor that's going to give kids a burger and fries and a drink. Uh, you're going to get kids to a, a place, and I'm hoping it's that. But if it's not, you're gonna have a you're gonna have to pick me up off the floor from uh, laughing because it's going to be hilarious, man. I know. Yeah, and I mean, a little bit of a different free concession. But last year, Coach Hooten bought everyone hot dogs. Ooh, hey, a, that... I mean, so and people showed up. I think it helps. So. I yeah. think any sort of concessions will help. 
Here's here's my question. I see the Rangers, man. They get fans all the time on Wednesdays for dollar hot dog night. Why don't all these teams do dollar hot dogs? Yeah, and the Astros do it dollar dog Tuesdays. I mean, a lot of teams do it. I mean, you got to throw some sort of promo in there. First 500 fans a t-shirt, dollar dog, I mean, something. Why, why are so many of these schools behind what you see from even minor league baseball? We need to get some of those marketing people around. I know. I think – well, I think the minor league teams have to do it to survive, or they're going to get axed. And so, so do college. <laughs> college will <laughs> still be there at least. You, well, you got to feel the same way about it, though, right? Like, if you don't exactly. have that sense of urgency, you're not going to try to sell. Right. Yeah, I just don't think there's the same sense of urgency. Maybe the, not the same funding. I think that could be part of it as well. But yeah, I don't know. I think that is a good idea. Go out. I mean, the Sugarland uh, Space Cowboys are just down the road. Let's go pluck them up. My goodness, man. Pick a fan that walks in and they can be the jump ball fan of the game and they take the ball out to the ref before it starts or something, you know? They do that with kids. I will give them that. They do have the cat tip off kids. So at least they do yeah. that part. Uh, I mean, there's just all there's all those little things that we we forget about sometimes, you know, that that you can incorporate fans and students into as well. But for those of us staying home and not going to try to pretend to be a student at 46 years old uh, to get the free concessions in Bowling Green, you can take you can watch it along with me. 8 p.m. CBS Sports Network Uh that is tonight. That is on the Thursday. It's gonna be gonna be a heck of a game. That's the one of the three that's if they can pull that one out, I would probably be most impressed with. Yeah, and if they pull that one out, I mean, why can't you go win the conference at that point? I mean, you've shown you can do it and yeah, it's gonna be tough. And going back to the Jaden Ray being out, um, I, I saw another stat that UTEP has the quickest pace of play. Uh, in the entire country and I saw that firsthand a couple weeks ago they like to run up and down they they have the most possessions out of any game or out of any team per game um, in the country so gonna be a fun one yeah tonight 8 p.m on CBS Sports yeah it it is going to be a good one to watch Uh, and I think it's important that we pause right here and give people an update on the cat fund Uh, And I saw some posts this weekend. The Cat Fund had a little meet and greet out at Johnson Coliseum. Yeah, we had about 10 or 15 of our members there um, in the suite at Johnson Coliseum before the game had hot dogs, hamburgers, cookies, popcorn, drinks, and everything in between. For our members, we also had a couple football players and golf athletes there as well. So it was a really good time to get to meet some people um, and hang out, have some good food, and then watch the basketball games. So, yeah, definitely one of the perks of being a Cat Fund member. Uh, getting some free food, get to meet some athletes, hang out with some athletes before the game, and hopefully we can do more of it here soon as well. Surely that cost everyone what you had to be the hundred dollar a month person for that. Uh, it, it was anybody. As what as you were? Yeah, ten dollars a month. You're invited. Whoa. Well, so everyone, even the ones that give ten dollars, can could go get some of that free food and, and meet meet everybody. Exactly. Yeah, it was open to everyone. Every there you person. go. $10 a month and you can you can get benefits like that for just $10 a month. A cat-fund.com, right? Or or no, com. It's a .com. Okay. cat-fund.com. That's where you go to. You can sign up there for as little as $10 a month and I think it's also important here Ben that we also let them know a 
100% of the money goes right to the students and to, to all of that. And also that this is made for those donors that can give the $10 a month. This isn't for the ones that are writing those big fat bonus checks to get you put on TV, you know? Yeah, definitely the definitely for just anybody. I mean, low, middle, high, whatever you might be, we want to get you in the door and all the money goes back to the athletes, like you said. And uh, yeah, just did our next installment of basketball deals um, these last couple of days. And so that's been good. Baseball is getting rolling here. We're working on that right now. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of good things. And we've got some extra signed footballs and basketballs. So uh, might be doing a giveaway or something, or maybe if you sign up at a certain level, you get a, a signed basketball or football. So Definitely be on the lookout for, for what's coming up. Definitely. Cat-fund.com. And because we are such fans of Sam Houston here, we also are real big fans of Taylor Andrus and his crew at Eternal Roofing. Taylor is also a Sam Houston alum and a very proud Sam Houston alum. And that is why we're proud to partner with him in this endeavor Cats have to support cats. And the only way this is going to grow, we're going to be able to get the fans to grow and to get all this going is to kind of get a groundswell of support. And it starts by cats and alums helping cats. And and that's what Taylor does. man. Yeah, it's a cat helping other cats and uh, supporting us. And, I mean, I'm a cat. You're an honorary cat. So cat supporting cats. And we want to support him as well. And you can support a Bearcat by going, uh, you want to drop the, the website and the, the phone numbers one more time? Oh, you know, I'm going to, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to, but first, man, I got a little tear on that. I, I didn't, I didn't, I missed the ceremony. I didn't know I was honorary cat. Yeah. I think you're officially into the, the ring of honor. Well, uh, slow down on that one, right? <laughs> Let's not go there. But anyway, back to our friends over at Turtle Roofing. And I want to tell you something more about them beyond just, being a Sam Houston alum, they're also specialists in commercial roofing. If you own a business, they're the people to call. They'll accommodate any of your equipment. Even if you've got an HVAC system, they're going to work around it, giving minimal disruption to your operations while they install or repair the roof. Definitely give them a call. And not just a call, but go to eternalroofingtx.com they have a gallery there you can see the work they've done it is tremendous while you're there you can shoot taylor an email t-a-y-l-o-r at eternalroofingtx.com and if you say Corey, i don't want to go don't don't make me go safari i'm not pulling out my phone that's fine you still got to pull out your phone because you got to dial the area code for montgomery area code 936-215-8539 Hill Country, area code 830-251-5673. Give Eternal Roofing a call, and regardless of how you do it, you're going to need your phone, Ben. Yes, you are. I think, I mean, we've got phones. They had phones in your day, right, Corey? Good flipping God. Now, I... (laughs) Wasn't that a point? That was a point we brought up the other week, wasn't it? I don't don't think so, but... I watch Friends, right? I'm, I am oh, a yes. Friends connoisseur. Uh, and in fact, to the point that my daughter has every episode of Friends and can tell you the title of every episode. And I got her into that, right? So we we really watch a lot of Friends in my house. You know, if if you watch it, sometimes you're like, what the heck is Ross? Talking? Remember that one where Ross had the pager? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Look, man, Corey, that was I was roughly 16, 17 years old when pagers were the thing. Man, you had to have one of them. And then oh, yeah. you had to stop, find you a quarter to call on the payphone, Ben. Yeah, I vaguely remember. I do remember those a little bit. I will give you that. Dude, if you I, picked up a payphone and dialed 911, they were going to show up. I hope so. <laughs> Isn't that what they're there to do? They didn't show up happy, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, but they, as long as they show up, I mean. <laughs> Good Lord, what is Squirrel. wrong with me, man? Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. So pay phones, pagers, that was the thing. Call Dude. Taylor Andrus. That's the gist of it. Well, no, we, I finished that. Pager. I finished that. I finished I, the Taylor Andrus thing. Yeah. I, I can tell you. Well, I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> I am. I'm here. <laughs> I feel better to know that you were listening to me as I finished that up and transitioned into friends because, you know, instead of softball, we would talk a TV show that gets. You know, and then, then from friends, we went to cell phones and pay phones. And speaking of that, go back to where where you where you took me down this rabbit trail. Car phones back then with the antenna on top, dude. If you had one of them, we knew you had money. Oh yeah, weren't those things like bricks though? Oh god, they were huge. <laughs> they were massive. Oh yeah, and nobody. And it's funny if you got in the car with someone with a car phone, they refused to use the thing because it cost them. You know, like five bucks a minute to call someone. Yeah, which is what fifteen dollars today. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but I think it's I think it's time to pivot. Pivot, pivot, pivot. from a friends reference. Yeah, there you go. From this <laughs> over to softball. There we go. Softball spring is coming. Uh, ben, I know we've talked a lot about the weather, and here in Wichita Falls this week, it's uh, sixty, upper sixties, lower seventies. Not really many clouds in the sky the last few days. It has been absolutely gorgeous. And I, I'm starting to wonder why we don't get that every single day of the year. I know, right? I, I mean, know. It's not too much to ask for. But it did have me outside playing catch with my son, getting him ready for baseball season, which gets us ready for a softball preview. We are going to preview the softball team. Ben? This softball team has a schedule. I was looking at this, and if they're like they have been historically, this could be a really fun year for the Cats. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's it's a more fun year than it has been the last few years. Um, 2019, I think, is kind of, I mean, that was an incredible year. I know we're about five years removed from it now, but um, we've seen this team be able to do it before win a conference title, win an NCAA regional game. Um, so hoping we can get back to that kind of standard. And it's been kind of a down last couple of years, but returned a lot from last year's team. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for what this year could uh, could entail for the Cats. Well, and that, that schedule, they have 26 games at home. And when I looked at that schedule, Ben, one of the first things that really stuck out to me is they opened the season February 9th. And 10th and 11th at home, and they, they have the Bearcat Classic. They're going to play Wichita State. They get a, a UNLV. They're facing the Rebels on Friday and Saturday. Uh, they're also facing Wichita State on Saturday, and they close 
with those hated lumberjacks on February the 11th at 1 p.m., that's a great way to start the season. It is, and that's actually how they've started the season the last few years is with the Bearcat Classic. They've been able to get some quality teams locally like SFA and also from around the country to come in. So it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. You start off with, I mean, five games in three days. You hit the ground running, and we're going to get to see a lot about what this team is made of, and it's just a little over a week away. So it's it's here. It is. Then they go to uh, San Marcos in Texas State for the Texas State Tournament and they'll beat the host. Then they get to play Texas Tech. That's going to be a really, really good one. We'll see where they're at there. And then the doubleheader, Northern Colorado and Tulsa. I like those. Again, That that's that's a little bit of a tougher when you step up into Texas State and Texas Tech, uh, but I like how they, they have them around some others like a Northern Colorado. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a non-conference schedule that's going to challenge you with your A&M's, your Techs, your SFA. SFA's got a really good team, um, some other big names. And it's also got some games that are going to be very winnable. I mean, Northern Colorado, Tulsa, Northwestern State, Evansville. Um, so it's a good blend uh, of, of games you should win, games that are really going to push you going into conference play. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where they come out of it. And then I find it interesting that most of their money games are during conference play this year. They go to College Station to face A and M on February twenty seventh. They go to they they host Baylor actually. That number sixteen right now, Baylor, is coming in March fifth. Good lord, that one right there. And then as I go down a little further, they have Texas A and M coming in to visit. On April the 24th at 6.30, those two games should have a ton of fans at them. Yeah, and last year, um, it was kind of a last-minute scheduling thing because I think Texas's game got rained out, and forget how it came about, but we hosted, I think it was top five Texas at the time, and it was a sellout, which was really cool to see. So, yeah, when those schools come in, it's definitely a good crowd and definitely a fun game to watch. And I think I think it was last year. I mean, despite it being a down year, Sam Houston beat Texas A&M. Let me, let me cross check that, but I'm pretty sure we beat Texas A&M last year, which was a really good win. Well, I have the schedule up, so. Yeah, I, they beat Texas A&M four to nothing last year. I won't even look at it because Ben's going to be ahead of me. They did yep. in Waco. Boy, that yeah, lost hurt. her. Lost to him the second time, but if you could split with A and M, that's that's something to be to be proud of. Hey, if you add up the totals, it was four to four, so it works, right? Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, so we look at that. We look at the schedule. We got the Cats. They're coming into a new conference, like every team has been. We've talked about where should we expect the Cats to slot in Conference USA? Yeah, so they're picked eighth in the preseason poll. And I feel like this is a common trend of where I'm predicting kind of our women's teams to land. But I think probably seventh, maybe sixth, is where I'm going to pick this team um, to finish. It's it's definitely a tough league. It's definitely a step up from the Southland where you were used to. I think it's even more of a step up than the WAC where you were in last season. So it's a tough league. I think offensively, and we'll get into this a little more, but offensively I think they're going to be really good. The pitching depth is a little a little weak. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I think we, uh, we might slot at the end of this year. 
Okay, so let's get into it, Dan. You mentioned the pitching depth and the the hitting. Let's start with the positive. What should we look for uh, at the plate out of the Cats? Yeah, it's a team that returns, I think it's seven of their nine regular starters in the field from last year. Um, highlighted by Ellie Grill, who was hitting almost 300 all of last year. And then also Hannah Schaefer, who was a preseason all-conference selection at catcher. And she's um, one of the best statistic catchers behind the plate uh, when it comes to framing rates and saving runs. And so uh, she's going to be really good. And so some other names to watch, Chandler Talbot has been really good in her couple of years here. Julie Hurstinger has been good. Uh, Trisha, I don't know how to say the last name, Yaratoski. Um, she's been good. So um, definitely a lot of returning production on the offensive side um, for this last year. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be an offense. It's going to be really good. I'm going to say it's uh, Trisha Yaratsky. Yeah. That's how I'm going to say it. Yeah. She played a lot last year. She did. She, she did. She, she played a whole lot. Okay. So that's what the bats, what can we expect from them out in the field when they got the gloves on? Yeah. I think the two names you really got to look out for the first one is Darren Graham. She had a really good year transferring in from San Jacinto college ERA in the fours, 102 innings. I think you're going to see a lot of her this year. Um, and then Mika Vento, she's been here a couple of years, um, kind of had a down year. Last year, her first two seasons combined for a four ERA with 260 innings pitched. Last year, she took a step back, um, didn't do as well. So I think they're the two you're going to look at when it comes to pitchers. But outside of that, it's really two freshmen behind them. Don't know what you're going to get from them. So a little bit of an unknown. Well, the good thing is that when you're talking softball, I know this has kind of changed a little bit this year or or over the last few years, but when I was growing up, Ben, we'll go back to an age reference, softball pitchers like Tad Osterman, they pitched almost every single game. You don't get that as much anymore, but I still think that's a possible way to go about it. It is, and it might be, especially early on um, with Darren Grams and Mika Vento. They're probably going to be have, probably going to be the arms you rely on a lot until you see what Amy Abke and Abigail Young have, the two freshmen, um, which I have heard some good things about um, from some people, but you don't really know what you have until you see them out there. So, uh, yeah, I think pitching, uh, especially if Mika Vento can't bounce back from her struggles last year, um, it's going to be tough, but I think if Darren pitches the way she did last year, I think if Mika bounces back and looked like she did the first two years, um, I think the pitching could be okay, but there's just a lot of unknowns there. Uh, Look, if I'm, and I I am not, again, a softball coach, but if I'm putting together a roster, you're only as good as you you are in the circle, right? Uh, You've got to be good in the circle. Well, if I'm at the University of Texas, I'm probably looking for three to four pitchers that can pitch in the circle to take, you know, to keep some people fresh. If I'm Sam Houston or I, I am any lower of a division than, than those top power schools, I'm probably trying to find two really solid pitchers to carry me through most games and then maybe throw in my younger ones at some other ones that we're going to have along the way too, or if a game gets out of hand. Right. And going back to your point about one pitcher carrying the team, um, the 2019 team that won a game in the regional at Texas, they beat Texas 
uh, was carried by Lindsey McLeod, who might be the best softball pitcher we've had at Sam Houston in our history. That year, she had 199 innings pitched with a two ERA and 265 strikeouts. Um, and I think she threw two no-hitters that year. So you can figure it out in the circle. You're going to give your chance to win. You're going to give yourself a chance to win a lot of games. It's a lot like football, honestly. You need that quarterback, a lot like basketball. You need that point guard to be successful in, in softball. You have to, even more than baseball, softball far more than baseball, you've got to have somebody who can really miss bats in the circle. Yeah, that's a good point. And let me go look at, because uh, Darren Grams is probably your opening day starter, and she's probably going to carry the the bulk of the load. Let's see what she looked like last season. But last she, the... she had 47 strikeouts, 64 walks, and that yeah. that's the opposite of uh, what you would like to see from there. Her whip also, that's another thing. See, I'm going to tell you, man, baseball, softball, here we go. The walks and hits per innings pitched. I look at that more. I don't look at earned run average, right? And I, I look at whip, which was at 1.6, which means you want me to relay, put it in simple terms for you. They're giving up 1.6 runners per inning. That's a lot. And the fact that she kept her ERA at 4.7 is, I mean, Sounds like she was getting out of a lot of jams. And so if she can take us in last year was her first year pitching at this level. She had pitched at the JUCO level before, pitched at the division one level. So hopefully she can grow. And um yeah, I mean, the fact that she had a four seven ERA with that whip, if you can get the whip down a little bit, I mean, she could be really good for us this year. The other thing is batting average against. And uh, you want that below 250, and I know that's going to be hard to do, but last year opponents batted two, uh, 258 against Sam Houston. So if you can get your team, the team batting average, down a little bit, uh, I think that would help a lot. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm i with you. I, I just I don't see the bottom of the conference like was predicted. I understand where that came from, but I see middle conference here. Yeah, I think it's there. And I mean, just some of the names you bring back, Ellie Grill, I mean, had 53 hits last year, 16 RBIs. Hannah Schaefer had 27 RBIs. Uh, Elia Hebel had 18. Pena had 13. Uh, Quinlan had 30. Uh, Yarotsky had 18. Um, I mean, Hertzinger had 18. You're returning a lot of production there, a lot of run scores from last season. You have a lot of lot of get people that can get on base. Uh, Ellie Grill can steal. She was 14 of 18 last year and stolen base attempts. There, there's a lot of people who can do a lot of things. At the end of the day, though, if you want to win a conference tournament, you're going to need the pitching. Uh, and that, you know, unlike baseball, where you can win an, a 20 to 18 affair because nobody has pitching left in the last game of a conference tournament. Typically, if you're you're going to win a conference tournament, you need good, solid pitching every day. Yep, and that's what it's ultimately going to boil down to. And I think Graham's and Vento are the names to watch. And um, don't want to put pressure on people, but it, I mean, a lot of it's riding on them, and we'll see how they perform this year. Can't wait! It is going to be a fun one to watch. Ben, did I miss anything today, or did I just totally mess it all up? No, I think you did great today. Get away for us. <laughs> Whoa! Slow down on that. You can't compliment me, man, because then I'm going to go tell the wife and she's going to be like, oh, God, now I got to deal with you all night. 
she wasn't saying that i mean because she wasn't saying that before but now she is <laughs> oh she was oh yeah dude can you imagine how tired she gets of me i get we're, tired of me i can yeah, I only imagine we're, we're an hour in i'm ready to go okay no, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get the heck off of here with that in mind thank you so much ben for the kind words <laughs> It was it was fun once again, man. We we want to thank you, Ben. I want to make sure and give you a true thank you. Really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. And we also want to give a big thank you to you, the listener, and anyone who happens to watch on the YouTube page. Without you, we're not doing any of this. Until next time, Ben, cats are heading on the road for some men's basketball. We need a good one today. Yeah, eat them up, cats, and be some road warriors this weekend gonna be road warriors wwe style